Welcome to Off the Beat, the podcast that discusses all things law enforcement from a cop's point of view. My name is DJ Seals. I'm a former detective, crime analyst, and SWAT operator from the metro Atlanta area. I currently work for Motorola as a law enforcement consultant, but this podcast will never be about product or sales, and that I promise you. I came up with this idea because I wanted to have a place where we could have a conversation, a frank conversation, about current police issues without you, my listener, feeling like they were in a sales pitch. I wouldn't listen to that, and I'm sure you wouldn't either. So, let's just dive in here. Been really thinking about this topic, uh, doing a lot of research on this topic, um, and kind of chewing it over. Do I do a podcast on this? Do I not do a podcast on this? And it was one of those things where um, that somebody asked me a question about this. I'll get to it in a minute. Stand by. Somebody asked me a question like, uh, well, what do you think about it? And I answered it and I thought, well, that might be a good podcast episode. And No, 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 I, I, I'm not going to do that. And then somebody else asked me. And then somebody else asked me. And then a group of people wanted to discuss this. And what is this? Firearm ownership. Yep, I'm going there today. And, and they asked me in the vein of how, as a police officer, did or do I feel about people owning firearms? So I guess that's a good place to start. What, what I said all the time was, and I remember instances on patrol, but a legal registered, legal, got your license, whatever, depending on what state you're in, uh, firearms owner who has gone so far to fill out all the paperwork, get their fingerprints, pay their money, whatever it takes in your state to get that done, and, and, and then legally bought a firearm. Not a felon, <laughs> not uh, in our state, aggravated, misdemeanant, N- none of that. But just somebody who wanted to own, I literally had no problem with it. None. I remember instances, uh, this one in particular, I pulled this, this gentleman over. He had one of those old, like, I don't know, Scooby-Doo-looking vans. It didn't have free candy painted on the side of it, but it wasn't far. And uh, he had no taillights working. I was working at night, so I pulled him over and... Um, approach the vehicle, sir, my name is blah, blah, blah. reason I pulled you over is you don't have any taillights on this vehicle. And he's like, oh, man, they went out again. I'm sorry, and it was fine. But he says, well, I got to tell you something, though. I said, okay. And he said, I got a gun in the car. And I don't know what he was expecting, because he kind of said it like, hey, I got a gun in the car. And I just went, okay, without going there, where is it? In my glove compartment? Okay. Anything in that glove compartment you're going to need during this traffic stop? No, sir. I said, well, then as long as you don't go for that glove compartment, I don't go for mine, and we're going to be fine. And that was it. He kind of chuckled. I kind of chuckled. It was fine. Um, but, you know, I guess maybe I should first explain how myself and probably a lot of other cops feel about firearms. So, and, and I'm going to loop military into this too. I have many friends from all branches and we've had this conversation and, and we don't feel like probably like the regular public does about them. If you carry one every day, 
you, you put your gear on, you can put your belt on, you've got, you know, the cuffs and you've got uh, the, 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 the electrical weapon, you know, the taser, and you've got uh, asp baton. I have to say that carefully, asp baton. Uh, you've got all kinds of stuff, radio and everything, and you also have your firearm. And that's kind of how it turns out for us. Like, we understand the magnitude of what it will do. It's not like we're minimizing it. But, but it's just a tool on the belt that, frankly, most of us hope we'd never, ever, 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 ever have to use. Um, but we're trained in it if we have to. It's a tool. Um, and, and so this is how I explain this to these folks. And I said, so why, how did I get there? How did I get from regular citizen, oh, that's a gun, oh my goodness, to, it's a tool. Well, training. Y'all know I'm all about policies, procedures, and training. That, that's the core of it. And once you've put as many rounds downfield as, as I have, um, I was thinking about that the other day, between SWAT and various weapon systems and SWAT trainings and SWAT conferences and police trainings and competitions. And I mean, I'm probably well into the tens of thousands of rounds. I know that surprised me too. And, but once you do that, it, and again, not minimizing, but it kind of becomes like tying your shoes. It, it's something that you do to make sure you can do it driving or, you know, in anything else. But, but again, Yes, we take it very seriously. But once you become comfortable and it's not taboo and it's not, oh, that thing, it's going to pick itself up and I, I, whatever. Once you do that, it becomes a, a tool. Again, hopefully never necessary. But so I told him, I said, you know, how do I feel about legal gun ownership and all this? I'm, I'm, this is my opinion, folks. I mean, you can feel free to always feel free to disagree with me, but how do I feel about it then? Well, I mean, beyond the, in the United States of America, the second amendment that says we have a right to bear arms. Um, that's probably pretty important, huh? But beyond that, I, I have no, no issue with it at all. I, I would, I would go so far, you know, to say, um, and, and again, my personal opinion that I completely support it. I own firearms, probably not surprising to any of you. Um, I shoot them regularly. I go to the range. I make sure I'm proficient in them. Uh, yes, I still have my, my, my creds. Uh, I, I still qualify once a year. Um, and, and I take that weight upon me. And then somebody asked, well, why do you still carry if you don't do it anymore? And I said, look, I thought about that a lot. And it's not because I'm particularly scared of this or that, although I, you know, I still regularly get notices that somebody I put in prison, you know, 15, 18 years ago is now getting out of parole on, on parole. Um, that's just a regular notice, but it's not that it, it's my, my thing is. Um, and I always carried off duty as a police officer. Some don't. Um, talked to one once, and, and I said, why don't you carry off duty? And, and he literally said, well, when, at the end of my shift, I'm not a cop anymore. 
appalled me, terrified me. Um, that's not true. That's not what that oath says. But nonetheless, um, I always thought to myself, well, they <laughs> multiple agencies, multiple groups have put thousands of hours and Lord knows how much money into training me to become proficient in self-defense um, and in firearm usage and blah, blah, blah. And how would I personally feel if I'm now the nice retired citizen and I'm just walking around and I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a restaurant and somebody comes in and they, 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 they want to, they want to rob it. Or I see a violent action in a parking lot involving a weapon. How would I feel if, if I don't act and I even had a hard time saying that. And <laughs> those of you who know me will probably be like, well, you'll probably act anyway. Well, I, hopefully I won't act stupid. But you're right. I, 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 I couldn't stand there and watch somebody, you know, potentially be shot in front of me and not do anything. So if they've done all this training and I'm, I'm completely legal, uh, I've, I've even gone so far as to get my firearms license, which... You know, I just like doubling down, right? And 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 you know, you're training, you're proficient. You, you, I don't, I don't carry where anybody knows. I'm a big believer in that. Um, and so that's why I do, because hopefully I never have to. But if, if I have to, I don't know if I could live with myself if I didn't. And then they went forward and they said, well, what about, what about these people who you know carry like. AR-15 slung across their back, walking their dog. And I said, well, depending on the state you're in, it's probably not illegal if they're doing it. But opinion here, why are they doing it? They're doing it for attention. They're not doing it for protection. You could protect yourself with a smaller pistol, you know, depending again on your state, uh, carried properly in a concealed manner. So as not to, you know, mess with people. But they're doing it just to, mess with people. All right. I don't like that. I'm not going to tell you it's illegal depending on your state. It might be, but here it's not in Georgia, but, but I don't like that. I, I, I think that's a poor attitude. Um, but I also don't like the people to go out and buy a $1,500 pistol and put it in a $10 holster on their hip and walk through Walmart, uh, wanting everybody to see it. I'm not saying you can't, that's your personal opinion, but let me, let me give you a hint. If somebody comes into a place and their intent is to uh, rob it in a violent manner with a firearm, many come in and check it out first. Who's in there? Make sure there's no cop in there. Make sure there's no whatever. If they see that thing on your hip and, and they, they're time crunched, they got to do it anyway, you are the first victim because you're an obvious threat. So... And, and here's a, com if the rest hasn't been controversial, here's a controversial topic. Licensing. And again, this is my opinion, okay? I think a lot of times, you know, I see that person again with that $1,500 gun, that $10 holster, and it's, uh, the gun's not even secure. It's just wobbling around in some fabric piece of junk they bought because a holster wasn't important, but I got the biggest gun I could buy. Oh, Lord. Um... I worry about their skills if something goes down. Are, are they a good shot? 
Are they proficient with that hog leg firearm they got on their side? Um, or are they just going to be spraying and praying, baby? And, and inadvertently hit somebody that's not. So I'm not saying don't. Here's what I'm saying, though. I think any firearm owner, legal firearm owner, should be trained. You should train. And no, I don't mean going out on the back 40, sticking up a soda can and firing at it. I'm talking like trained from holster, draw, recover. Recover means put it back in the holster. I mean, uh, make sure that you're proficient in everything from, from drawing to recovering. And everything in the middle. Um, this is probably why I'll never be elected to any kind of office, nor would I run. But, I mean, if, 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 if it were me, um, I, I would require people that get a firearms license to go through. Uh, you know, uh, yes, I, I'm, we're not going to talk about funding and all that kind of stuff. We can work that out later. But I would require them to go through a firearms proficiency course at a local law enforcement uh, whether it be sheriff or state, whatever you pick. Um, we used to do a lot of those classes um, and, and they were great because a lot of people realized, wow, I, I need to train more with this thing. Most commonly <laughs> and our minds were thinking, yeah, please put it away. Um, because it, it, you realize people have them and just never train with them. I think I might have said this on a previous podcast, but I, I, I told one person who said, oh, I don't think I could ever pull the trigger. And I said, well, this is a very expensive gun. Um, you're a legal gun owner. Um, that, you know, I would sell it to a reputable broker and go buy a baseball bat. Um, there's a lot to think about. But if you went through a training course, they would teach you all these things. Um, and then... Yeah, a, a kind of a qualification, if you will, not like a <laughs> a tactical thread in the needle every time, but I mean a qualification to show your proficiency. That's what I do. I know I, I tell a lot of people that, and they're like, "Well, it's my right to carry." Yes, it is, but it should be a responsibility to be proficient with it. You, you're not. What are you carrying it for? Decoration, like. Just decoration, like you want people to see it. It's it's a threat. You think you think it makes you big and strong. It doesn't. It's the usage of it that I'm worried about. But nonetheless, so th then we get into, you know. But what about all the shootings and what about da 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 da? And I said, you know, more laws, more laws. And I said, listen laws around ownership and who should get it and all that. That's fine. It's fine. I think it's necessary. I mean, I don't want violent convicted felons getting out of prison and going and buying one. I mean, that's, that's, that's to, I, yeah, that's fine. But I'm a believer that I, I don't know that more laws are going to slow this stuff down. Um, and why is that? Well, I have a particular uh, um, angle on this. Uh, and it's experience. And I was thinking about this before I answered the question to this, this other group I was talking to. And I, and I said, you know, I've worked a lot of shootings uh, and a lot of firearm crimes where the gun, or the trigger perhaps wasn't pulled, but it was the weapon was pulled on somebody. And I, I don't remember 
minus a firearm used on yourself, you know, um, self-inflicted. I I don't remember an in any suspect victim situation where the firearm ever came back by the serial number to the person who used it. What does that mean, DJ? What are you trying to say? Well, for the for the serial numbers that came back, <laughs> sometimes they don't, um, they were stolen. Or they weren't listed as stolen, but we got the last registered owner, who we would then call, and they would go, oh my God, that gun was stolen out of my car five years ago. Uh, yep, that's it. I just didn't have the serial number. I won't go off on that, but if you own a firearm, please write down the make, model, and serial number and description of the gun. Put it somewhere safe. You be- you wouldn't believe how many people don't. And, and, and so it just got me thinking. So I went down. You guys know I'm a data person. So <laughs> I went down the rabbit hole of data. And, um, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because when I speak to people outside of the United States with this, uh, it, this is all extremely like shocking off your feet and I get it. Okay. But, but I'm a person that believes I can have all the opinions in the world. And I just gave you my opinions based on, based on knowledge, skills, training, ability, and experience, actual experiences. But I thought, but for me being a former crime analyst, I mean, I, I'm all about, I'm all about the data. So I went down the data rabbit hole on firearms and why I call it a rabbit hole. When I say these things, you look them up too. Um, I, I went to DOJ. Um, I went to Pew research center. I went, I mean, I read whole papers on this stuff. Um, and, and the numbers wobble a bit <laughs> depending on, on who you're reading, but they're, these are, these are kind of the averages I've taken in the middle. Um, but they don't wobble much. And here, here's the number we're going to start with. Um, there are 334,233,854 as of when I pulled this the other day, United States citizens. That's a lot. 32% of those own guns, 106,954,833. Now, the interesting thing is here's where the numbers go sideways. The total amount of guns owned in the United States, 393,347,000. And you go, oh my Lord, y'all are the old West. And sometimes numbers are presented that way, aren't they? That's going to be 3.5 guns per blah, 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 blah. Okay, doesn't matter. But but sometimes you have to dig deeper. So I did. And I went on the, well, but wait a minute. How would they get, not the population number, that's pretty easy. But how would you get how many Americans own guns? How would you get that? And then it dawned on me. That would be from Americans who have bought firearms from registered reputable dealers and done the paperwork. However, there's no way that tracks individual transfer, um, you know, just buying it off a buddy, 
Uh, and you might be appalled by that, but currently that's legal, at least in my state and many, 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 many other states. Um, you know, if, uh, you know, my father-in-law, when he passed away, um, he, he had some firearms and, and I got him in the will. Okay. Those aren't listed to me, you know, cause I didn't have to like go and do anything. And, um, currently the law says I don't, but now you understand if I say that there are 106 million, almost 107 million Americans owning guns and there's 393 million guns in America, you go, Oh my God. Then you go, wait a minute. Those are just the registered known. You don't have to own, you don't, you don't, you don't have to in many states, you know, go to a, a gun shop and buy a gun and, and you go, well, that, that needs to be regulated and registered. Okay. Um, we won't, we won't debate that today. You can think about that. But then I went down, but wait a minute. I wonder how many, you know, Firearm deaths. If I just put how many people are killed by firearms each year, I thought that was a regular, pretty common people would, you know, search that term. So I did. 5.9 per 100,000 citizens per year. 45,222 last year. And, and, and that's appalling, right? Because all I said was how many people are killed by firearms per year. And I thought, man, that's... That's appalling because that's, I've seen it, folks. I've seen it. It's horrible. It, it's horrible. Um, but then I broke those numbers down. I, I kept reading. Always keep reading, right? And I found out that 54% of that number was by the individual's own hand. 24,292. Which leaves us with 19,384 were aggressive toward another person, not in self-defense, murders. Um, and I thought, man, that's just still too many. 19,384 by some type of violence. That's, that's too many. Then it popped back in my brain. Hey, wait a minute, DJ. You've worked a lot of these. Remember, those guns don't come back to these people. I wonder if I could find out how many of the 19,384 were illegally held, obtained illegally. Well, I found out. 12,599 of the 19,384 were owned, used by somebody who wasn't legally able to own or carry or have a firearm leaving 6,784 by legal. 6,784. Now, take, take these numbers. I know I'm throwing numbers at y'all, and you're probably driving to work going, I can't write all this down. Uh, just listen later, write this down. So if I take the firearm number, 32% of Americans, 106,954,833. Remember, that is a, from a legal list. A legal list. And then I take the murders that were where the person, the, the, the suspect owned the firearm. In other words, they were 
in that legal number, 6,784. The percentage of murders by firearm from people who have gone through the process of legally registering, legally owning, legally having, legally carrying a firearm, drum roll please, I really got to work on my sound effects this year, um, 0.0063%. So then immediately in my mind, kind of half detective, half analyst, I said, so where's, so where does the problem lie? Because it, it doesn't, not negating the 6,784. I am not. But at point zero zero six three of all legal firearm owners, the problem doesn't seem to lie within the legal firearm owners. The problem seems to lie in the illegal firearm owners. So let's go back to something. Okay. Then we need more laws. Yeah, that's the ticket. More, more laws will we'll stop these people. Remember how I said you don't have to go into a gun shop? A lot of these firearms are stolen from gun shops, pawn shops, places like that, burglarized, taking their guns, robbed at gunpoint, ironically, to take their guns. Um, more laws have not seemed to prevent the firearms being in hands that aren't supposed to have them. I mean, think about that for a minute. It, it, to me, it seems like a logical fallacy. Mr. Criminal, we will call him Bob. He's sitting right next to me. I'm going to interview Mr. Criminal. Mr. Criminal, yes, yes, you're a lifelong criminal. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Um, do, you, do you obey the laws? The laws aren't for me. I, I, I'm a criminal. This is what I do, and this is what I'm going to do, and people are sheeple. And I go, okay, well, what if we put a law in saying that you have to do X, Y, Z, whatever. Put it in your head. What do you think, Mr. Criminal? He's like, I think I don't give a flip. I can get one anytime I want. I, 100, 200 bucks <laughs> at the most. That's probably high end. And I got one. And then I thought, so what's the problem? Where does the problem lie? Where does the problem with murders and, and you see mass shootings and boy, try to get the numbers on that. Um, that's a rough one um, because the definition of it, which may be a different podcast, but the definition of it is, is uh, wonky. That's not a technical term. Uh, but it's fluid. It's a very fluid definition. So it's really hard to get accurate stats. I, I actually looked those up and those numbers were so different that I, I'm not even going to speak them. So I thought about it. Um, if there are 1.238 million violent crimes a year, that's straight out from DOJ. And 45,222 of those, think about those two numbers, are by firearm. But again, 54% of those are by people's own hand. Where's the rest of them? What are the other violent crimes? And, and, and I won't go through all of them because I've already belabored this a bit, but 
19,384 firearm crimes by people against somebody else. There were one... <laughs> there were over one million violent crimes with hands, fists, and feet last year. The vast majority of violent crimes, according to these numbers, and you can look them up yourself, are hands, fists, and feet. No, no weapon at all. And I thought, what's the issue then? Well, the issue is attitude. Violence is, is, is rife in many cities. Um, certain things are talked about, certain things aren't talked about. But it's the attitude of the citizen, right? I'm, I don't, I, I, finding past numbers on this was difficult. The 90s were off the chain with, 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 with violent crime and homicide. Matter of fact, way more than they are today. But at the time, there was no term for mass shooter. So data on that is pretty much non-existent as I could find. There's some examples, but no data. But so if, if 65% of all gun crime leads back to an illegal ownership of the gun, what do you do? I don't know. You, you make a personal decision is what you do. Like I said, I've given you opinion. I thought it was important to give you numbers. Again, not, not belittling any of this. Every single homicide with a gun is devastatingly important. It is. But I just wonder if, if, if the issue leads back to core criminality. Yes, a lot. Many of these are um, didn't break it down. Probably should have broken it down to how many of these were family violence. Gun in the house, got mad, shot him. Oh, if there wasn't a gun in the house, it wouldn't have happened. You know, I don't. I don't know that I attained to that because I've also gone to a lot of stabbings in houses. I've gone to a lot of people beat with lamp post. I mean, like a, you know, like a tall lamp or or a, <laughs> really anything. People get mad; they're going to reach out. So it's the mad. One more, one more I thought I'd give you. Um, and this is actually from the National Crime Victimization Survey. It's a twice yearly survey of crime victims. Um, and what they're finding is that for non-fatal violent crime, okay, um, According to the survey, firearms were used defensively. Now, this is in, as I could read this, this is in a legal manner. A legal manner. This is a stat you've probably never heard because um, I did not realize it was this high. According to the survey, firearms were used defensively in 166,900 non fatal violent crimes between 2014 and 2018, which works out to an average of three, 33,380 a year. Defensively. Over the same period of time, 2014 to 2018, defensive gun use was reported in 183,300 property crimes or an average of 36,660 a year. Taken together, legal defensive 
use of a firearm. There were 70,040 instances of defensive gun use per year. You can look it up. I was blown away by that number. High, I thought. Because then I thought to myself, self? But you never hear about that. Why don't you ever hear about that? I don't know. That, that's, that's for another debate, right? What, what was note, noted, though, is the National Crime Victimization Survey excluded cases of simple assault. Hmm. So we don't even have those numbers. Who knows why? Maybe they just didn't have any victims of simple assault to talk to. I don't know. But 70,400 instances of legal defensive gun use per year. Had no idea. So to kind of wrap this up and why I got off on a tangent is I, I believe, I've always believed that the data, hard data, and yes, I'm, I'm fully aware that data can be, can be manipulated. Again, look at some of the, Google some of these things that I've looked at, especially Mass shooting numbers. Google it. Uh, they, whew, I, that, that was a headache. I may still look into that further, but wow, the numbers are just, yeah, depending on who wants to say it, I guess. I don't know, but some of them can be moved. Some of them can be changed. Some of them can be, but what you can't move and change is you know, what's the population, how many people own guns, and then in the murders, how many of those guns came back as Stolen or illegal ownership. Those are, those are hard facts and stats that come from registrations. Yes, you can probably mess with registrations too, but I, I'm going to trust in, in those numbers. And when it came down to point zero zero six three of legal people snapping and doing illegal actions, every single illegal action is important. Devastatingly important. But... That's a real small number. Um, so what do I feel about it? I feel it's your personal decision. Um, if you're listening to me in a country where, you know, gun ownership is, is, is not legal or is, is, is very rare, this, this may be like I'm speaking a language that you don't understand, and that's fine. But maybe it's good for other people to understand where we come from. Um, we, we, we've always had them, um, good thing or bad thing. I'm, I'm not saying good thing or bad thing. Notice I didn't say that. What I'm saying is it's a personal decision, but what I can say, and the caveat to you, if you're listening to me right now and you are a legal gun owner, fine, but I want you to think to yourself, even if you're a retired cop like me, oh, I know I went through all this training. I don't need no more. Yeah, whatever. I challenge you to maintain your firearms properly, store them properly, and train as if you may have to use it. But pray every day that you don't. All right. After that dark and winding topic. Let's do some stupid criminals. Derek Mosley didn't place uh, very high importance uh, on planning 
before he decided to rob a gun store. Hey, timely. Uh, he, you see, he came in with a baseball bat. Uh, there's a problem. Uh, seeing as it was, it was a gun shop, uh, everybody working there was carrying a gun. The manager pulled a gun on the would-be robber and kept him in the crosshairs until authorities arrived. You know, you ever hear that old saying, don't bring a knife to a gunfight? Well, this guy didn't even bring a knife. Not smart. Uh, next one. These men were behind the, the worst and least. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. But likely the worst and least thought-out disguises in the history of crime. When committing their misdeed, they didn't use masks or hoods or whatever. They chose to draw on their faces with permanent marker. Th these guys might get an award from me. Uh, while it may have been hard to recognize them during a crime, permanent marker is, come on, let's all say it together, permanent. <laughs> Which left the men extremely easy to identify when the police were looking for the culprits. The dumb stunt earned the duo the nickname Dumb and Dumber. No joke. God, I wish I could find that booking photo. I tried to find it. That would have been awesome. While attempting to break into and rob his own mother's home. I guess we could stop right there, couldn't we? I mean, what kind of low did you come to? That, that, and of course, this says rob, which, you know, kind of triggers me because if nobody's there, it's a burglary. But nonetheless, uh, burglarize his own mother's home. James Blankenship got spooked and went to hide in the crawl space. Okay. It's your own mother's home. Why don't you just sit in the chair and act like... Anyway, when apprehended by police, Blankenship was extremely stunned because he didn't think it was possible to be arrested for burglary during the day. That's right, folks. This guy thought burglary was only a crime you could be arrested for at nighttime. Hmm. And lastly, in 2008, an 18-year-old man named Ruben Zarate attempted to rob a muffler shop in Chicago. So far, sounds like a normal headline. After demanding money, he was told that most of the cash was stored in the safe and that could only be opened by the manager, who wasn't scheduled to come in until a few hours later. Good move. Good move. Yes, you know where this is going, don't you? To have him... <laughs> To save himself some trouble, Zarate left his cell phone number for the store to call him back once the manager arrived. Let's pause there for a moment. That's right. He said, oh, manager's not in? Oh, well then here's my number. Give me a call. I'll come back to rob you then. <laughs> he left. The store called the police and they called Zarate back. That's right. The old flim-flam sting. Uh, excuse me, uh, the manager's here now if you'd like to come back and rob us violently. When he, when he came back and noticed the police were waiting for him, he engaged in a brief shootout. <laughs> he was eventually arrested without anybody being shot. And I think that's a good one to end on. And it's funny because I pulled these stupid criminals before I thought about this topic. Funny, I guess I was already thinking about the topic. Whew. Wow, these guys, I mean, that's a good way to start the year. All right, you know, as we go to this journey together, uh, I may say some things you don't agree with, <clears throat> probably, or, or maybe you do agree with me or have a topic you'd like me to cover, and or maybe you have a funny police story. Hey, email me, offthebeat at MotorolaSolutions.com. That email just goes to me, by the way. It's always up right here on my computer. 
It, it doesn't go through like the regular channels. It just goes straight to me. You'll be chatting with me. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas. Always check out my Twitter page at DJ underscore off the beat. Until next time, stay diligent, stay educated, and stay safe.